Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, it's time to do our favorite thing ever, which is to shout out our patrons. And we're doing this in reverse. We already recorded the freaking episode. Guys, you're going to love it. It's uh, so great. It's so great. <laughs> oh, you're going to love it. Sammy um, knocks it out of the park this week, you guys. Surprise, surprise. Sammy knocks it out of the park <laughs> yet again. Um, and a group of people who probably, they want to be out of a park because they want to be uh out in the water, Good. Nice. Open Perfect air. transition. Nice. Um, they're our newest vessel heads, and they deserve to be shouted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are Tara Fee, Killian Walsh, Katie Ann Christoffel, Samantha Klaus, and Morgan Younce. Woohoo! My Woo. goodness, welcome. Thank you for being welcome. here. Welcome. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and similarly, we have a few new members of Tony fucking Collette's inner circle. They have reached the um, absolute apex of their experience with our yes. Patreon. We are so happy to have them. It's Melissa McDormand, Charlie Cowley, and Levi Virgitz. So thank you guys so much. We love you. We love endlessly. you. Endlessly. We love you unconditionally. And Forever. You just get Forever. To Starting back, now. <laughs> sit back and listen to this episode where Sammy knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And it starts right now. And it starts right now. <laughs> this is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone welcome to too scary didn't watch the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves i'm emily i'm glad to be back and i am too scared to watch scary (laughs) movies we're so happy you're back emily we missed you so much last week um i'm henley and i'm also too scared to watch scary movies I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, and I like when Emily is here with us. To oh my gosh, tell you guys! I, you know, I missed it. I missed missed being here so badly last week. I part of the re- I, I part of the reason why I stuck to not doing it is be simp- precisely because it was so hard for me. And I was like, no, you need to be okay with this. You need to have a healthy boundary where you can miss w- one, and it's okay. <laughs> but I didn't like it. Yeah, Emily, so, you've only missed you've only missed one. That was your first that one. That was my first one. It was tough, you guys. It was tough. I, but I also it was such a treat to listen to. Then I just got to listen to my friends to do our podcast. But um, did you get how I got where I was like wanting to chime in when I was listening to Mama and Attack the Block? I like felt like I could. I felt like it was live, and I was like, yes. my brain wasn't understanding that. It I wasn't was like, I wanted happening. to talk about those I wasn't things. There. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I have thoughts uh, and opinions about HP Lovecraft. I hated Color Out of Space. I already told you guys I hated it. Oh, oh, I hated hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a not gross a, one. You're not a fan of body horror. No, no, I didn't like the things that happened in that movie at all. So yeah, 
That was like the uh, definition of body horror, too. There's yeah, a lot of yeah. really gross body stuff. But adorable alpacas. I mean, that's fun. Uh, um, until a point. And then they got and, gross, And then too. gross. <laughs> and then gross. <laughs> uh, well, what's up with us this week? Well, this episode comes out just two days before the most important day of the year, which is Henley's birthday. Yes, it is. Forget what you thought about December holidays, because the most important one is Henley's freaking birthday. Yeah, it's not your birthdays. It's my no, birthday. No, it's Henley's birthday. It's the most important day of the year. It also mm-hmm. happens to be Christmas Day. So what sometimes, day? Who cares? Someday it gets, sometimes it gets a little overshadowed by this other holiday we're all familiar with. Um, yeah, I'm going to be 31 years old, you guys. What a like stupid age, 31, <laughs> right? You're oh. really not happy you about are, being Yeah, you 31. don't like being 31. I've already <laughs> talked about how I hate the age 31. Last week you did, yeah. Did I talk about it last week? Jesus Christ. I think it's a beautiful age. Um, it's yeah, beautiful. it's 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 a perfectly fine age, um, you know. It's, it is it's the a whatever age that you age. are. It's the age that you are. Age is just Whether a number, you like baby. The number or not. It's just a number, baby. But I got to say, I am <laughs> having a birthday on Christmas has been a real roller coaster throughout my life. Like when I was a I'm little sure, kid. When I was a little kid, I fucking loved it because I just like really? thought, yeah, everyone always assumed I hated it. They would be like, oh, that's my suck. But I loved it because the day always felt like extra special. Yeah. Even though it was like mm-hmm. not extra special for me necessarily, but like it felt like that to me and I never had to go to school and there was always like it's a big always party. A holiday. It's always, yeah, you're always eating good food. You're always having, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always like the house is decorated. We have the tree like it always felt like super extra special. You're never getting jury duty on your birthday. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I entered. Which as a kid, you loved. I was like, <laughs> you were like, no jury duty for me. No civic duty on my birthday. <laughs> oh, my God. I would wish I was that cool as a kid. That would be amazing. Um, no, but then I entered my like teen years. And then I have to say, I started to get super emo about my birthday. Like really mm-hmm. emo on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Like would be mm-hmm. super like wanted to be with my friends and could never be with my friends and like hated it and like would be like grumpy about the presents I got and was like such an asshole. Like, God, I look back on that and I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for my parents. Um, but now that now that I'm a healthy 31, I feel like completely <laughs> indifferent about my birthday. So I think I've reached a good place. There we yeah. go. <laughs> um, but what about you guys? How's your week? Well, speaking of birthdays, as we we did a little shout, you guys did a sweet little shout out. It was our our horror respondent that I think of him first as the podcast's horror respondent and um, <laughs> number one, second as my boyfriend who I love. But um, so it's his birthday, and we did a little like at home bar crawl. It was um, so cool, Emily. Was what so you set up fun. was amazing. I was so impressed by you. I mean, all we did was just have drinks in different rooms of his apartment. I'm, I'm it's very sweet that 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 you're impressed. It was, I mean, I, I was, I put thought into it, but it mainly was just like, you know, we can't do anything. L.A. has become the epicenter of the entire coronavirus mm-hmm. pandemic, mm-hmm. Um, so we were really locking it down. But it was a fun way to be like, oh, we can. Maybe let's just try something different and just be in different rooms. We never hang out in his office. Why would we ever hang out in his office? But it really was fun. And it just reminded me, obviously, it's, you know, a, a relatively 
privileged point of view to be like, here's the fun you can have. But given that this is where we all are, um, it is interesting to explore those boundaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really had quite a nice time, though I did miss being here very much. But that's I'm still sort of riding high on that. It was and I learned how to make some new cocktails. I mean, it's great. The best. The the best. That being said, wonderful. Get me a, the vaccine and get me to a fucking bar as soon as possible. <laughs> I, feel, I feel the same way. I'm feeling super like cabin fevery right yeah. these days. Yeah, and you're yeah. even where it's cold, so that's got to be worse. Yeah. Oh, that should have been my thing. It snowed like a foot. <laughs> no should. There's no should, Henley. <laughs> Except that's the weather, and that's boring. I'm not going to talk about the weather. Um, but snow Sammy, is cool. don't you talk about the weather? But what's up with you? <laughs> What do I talk about? <laughs> um, uh, not a lot. I have been working a lot. Um, I thought I would just say a a thank you to my mother who has been babysitting my cats Aww, for this nice. past three months that I've been gone. And she's not a big animal person in general, and she has really fallen in love with my cats in in a in a very big way. And it's really cute. And I'm just happy that they all are able to keep each other company. That's very sweet. It's very sweet. Especially because your boys are really shy boys. They're very shy mm-hmm. boys. They're they're loving once they have to like really get to know you. I feel like they're the kind of cats that people who don't like cats are like, oh, this is what cats are like. Like they're just they're pretty boring at first. <laughs> you gotta really get to know them for them to open up. And I do have a favorite cat. It's Bunk. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom's favorite is also Bunk. I hope, I hope Mac doesn't listen to this Mac, don't episode. listen to this. Mac, Mac don't if listen. you're listening, you're Jenna's favorite. Mm-hmm. It's true. There you go. But yeah, just thank you to my mom. And um, I won't be seeing them for Christmas. So oh. it brings me some happiness that they'll be together. Oh, yeah. That is good. Well, your mom will have to visit your cats a lot then when you're mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't steal my cats, mom. What if she steals them? I'll be mad. Mm-hmm. I'll be mad. <laughs> um, but okay, so speaking of Christmas and the holidays and Henley's birthday, mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. thing that happens on Henley's birthday is obviously Christmas. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. We've heard and of it. And so for this week's movie, we are doing Black Christmas. This was actually, uh, we did a little poll on the Instagram, right? We did Rare Exports we versus did. this. This one, it was a, this. in a landslide. Landslide. This one yeah. Landslide. Landslide. Um, I did say last week that I was home alone in a big house and that I didn't want to do anything too scary. So I wasn't thrilled that you guys picked this one. Because <laughs> it's scarier than Rare Exports. I don't know anything about Rare Exports. I haven't seen Rare, Rare Exports, Exports like but I think it's like an action horror, right? I think Is it's I, much oh, okay. sillier, yeah. Um, anyways, Black Christmas came out in 1974. It is directed by Bob Clark, written by Roy Moore, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir D'Elia, Margot Kidder, and John Saxon. Um, and Black Christmas is available on, you guessed it, Shudder. Shudder! <laughs> um, so is now a good time to talk about how I watched the wrong Black Christmas? Yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think now is a good time to talk about it, Henley. So, Sammy, you really should have made the same mistake I did and watched the 2019 version of Black Christmas <laughs> because it was not scary at all. It was like so ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty, I mean, it was pretty entertaining for what it was. But um, 
definitely, definitely not scary. I just was at home and I searched on my TV, Black Christmas, and it was the first one that popped up. And I was like, I guess this is the one we're watching. So it's on HBO. Um, mm. You don't have to pay for it if you have HBO. You don't have mm-hmm. to have Shudder. Um, and anywho, it wasn't until after I watched the movie that I realized that, oh, there's a 1974 version, <laughs> which is definitely the one we were supposed to watch. <laughs> there's actually three versions. There's a 2006 version as well, which I didn't even know about until, yeah, until yesterday when I, or Friday when I watched this and was looking at the IMDb. But yeah, I've heard both. Both remakes are apparently quite bad. The original is good. I liked it a lot. And I just also wanted to point out that this is our 69th episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. That's super cool. Thank you for flagging that, Sammy. (laughs) Merry freaking Henley's birthday. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're going to have to make as many 69 jokes throughout this podcast then as humanly possible. Luckily, this movie is full of 69. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Start to finish. Hello, friends. It is time for cocktail hour. And this week we are drinking a Christmas margarita. To make a Christmas margarita, you will need one and a half ounces of tequila, two thirds an ounce of triple sec, a third an ounce of falernum liqueur, two thirds an ounce of lime juice, a half an ounce of cranberry juice, and four drops of different margarita bitters. You will shake all ingredients with ice and fine strain into a chilled coupe glass. Garnish with an orange zest twist and a rosemary sprig. Cheers. I did look up some trivia for this one, the 1974 original. So here are some highlights. Um, Legend has it that this was Elvis Presley's favorite horror movie. Oh my God. And it was a tradition for him to watch it every Christmas. I mean, he died in 1977, so I was going to say this is like not three three Christmases. (laughs) But rumor says that his family kept the tradition alive, and they watch it every year in his memory. So the Presleys are watching it um, now nowadays too. Presleys, totally. This film is regarded as being one of the first slasher films, um, and it set out the layout for films such as um, Halloween. Um, But the director, Bob Clark, considered it to be more of a psychological horror film. Also, Black Christmas was originally inspired by real-life murders that occurred in um, Montreal. Uh, See, this is why I didn't season. look up trivia. This is why I made Henley look up trivia. Because I, I know. Do you not? Do you not want me to not even like go into detail here? No, you can. You can. Because now I'm. I've had enough time between watching the movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it's uh, there's not much detail. It's basically it's uh, likely based on the Canadian serial killer Wayne Bowden, who killed three women in Montreal between 1969 and 19. 19- 70 and he was known as the vampire racist a rapist not racist the okay. vampire rapist vampire those are rapist both bad nicknames bad. and i'm sorry that the that's truly horrifying but man oh man it was really undercut just now by imagining <laughs> the vampire racist what does that even mean i don't know i don't know um yeah, so it's not that it's rapist, but that sounds awful. Didn't look at, didn't look into detail on what that actually is. It's a terrible thing to laugh I'm at. I'm so on sorry. Both it's not. It's, it's not, not funny. Fun. And he was a serial killer, and that's really bad. But I just 
I would be thinking about what someone would have to do to qualify as a vampire (laughs) racist. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. I thought this was pretty funny. (laughs) So they're all supposed to be teenagers in the film, right? And none of them are actually in their teens, which is normal. But one of them was Mm -hmm. 38 years old. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes. This gives me Do you know which one? Uh, Kier D'Elia. Okay. Okay. So he's from um, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And so I think he was like a big star a big get. So that is they were like, we'll make an excuse. It's also more insane if he's well known as a 40 year old man. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They're supposed that's to be what, like funny. 18 years old. It's so crazy. That, I feel like at, like you every now and again hear about an actor and like as an actor, I'm like, OK, I'm I'm there's no way I'll be ever allowed to play a teenager again. But like. late 20s is like whoa they're playing a teen and they're in their late 20s 38 is insane (laughs) it's insane you have that Um, you don't even know what teens like are anymore at 30 yeah no you're far past it at that point um does he look old in the movie sammy yeah i guess so i mean but honestly 38 is old it's not it's not it's not (laughs) There's something but. about movies in the nineteen in the nineteen seventies where I feel like everyone looks old though. Do you yeah. guys have that sometimes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why I kinda hesitated because I'm like, they all don't look eighteen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he does look older. But he does say that he has been there for eight years. So I imagined he was in like grad school or something. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so we got a budget number. The okay. it, it grossed four million. Um, the budget was six hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Um, so by today's standards, those numbers would be twenty-one million gross on a three million dollar budget. So like, okay, all pretty right. good. You know, not like hitting it out of the park necessarily, but like definitely good. Definitely good. Definitely, definitely good. good. Definitely, definitely not bad. Good. Definitely not bad. That's for sure. Uh, Gilda Gilda Radner was offered the role of Phyllis Carson, but mm. she um, had to do SNL instead. She had SNL commitments, so she dropped out one month before filming. I could definitely see her in that role, but yeah, I like that the person that did play Phil. Oh, cup just two more. One for the actors' rights uh, champions. Oh, yes. We got um, so shooting the search party scenes in the park proved to be quite difficult as it was um, only ten degrees Fahrenheit outside oh, for the entire oh, night of filming. Oh no! Yeah, which is too cold. And I wonder if there are rules now about filming outside and conditions that are like well, That's a good you know question. what? There's not rules about. Is oh, filming no. in 120 degree heat on La Quinta on The Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I would say probably they're still really putting actors out in whatever temperatures happen. It's yeah, just that probably. if you're a big enough star, you could probably be like, no. <laughs> uh, so the last one. <laughs> La <Quinta>. so- <laughs> <laughs> they're all dripping sweat so on The sweaty. Bachelorette. They couldn't it's be crazy. sweatier. It's like <laughs> they're in Drenched. Palm Springs in what probably fucking July. It's yeah. no good. <laughs> And they have to do all their own makeup and all that too, so it's probably like melting yeah, off of their looks faces. Yeah, flawless always, and all the men are just disgustingly sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, okay, so the last one is: in order to get the proper creepy and raspy voice for Billy, um, oh. actor Nick Mancuso had to stand on his head to compress the thorax in his neck. You know, I was had wondering to? how these how these had noises to? came out. I don't know. How did he figure that out, do you think? 
he figured it out. He thought outside the box on this one. I mean, yeah, it's a voice that we won't be able to do as our sign off. I'll say that. Is it in the trailer? <sighs> no, I don't think so. Damn, I want to hear it. You're just going to have to hear my impression of it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That'll work. Um, shall we watch the trailer? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, Let's we shall. It. Silent night. Evil night. too tight i know i know i watched it before and i was like what the fuck does that mean but i forgot to preface it with the original title was silent night evil night that makes more sense (laughs) yes and then they changed it to black christmas okay wait if your skin doesn't crawl it's on too tight is that what it said does it mean Mm -hmm. my skin needs to be looser or this this movie doesn't make your skin Skin crawl crawl. it's on too yeah the way the structure of that sentence Seems to suggest that the movie is on too tight. <laughs> if it doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Right. I gotta. The put movie, this movie is on. on too tight. I gotta. I gotta put loosen up this movie on me. I don't. I'm not sure what the metaphor is. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I did not like the part of the woman being with her head being put in a plastic bag. That mm, was no, that would be bad. Yes, not there's, fun. There's a few parts that you probably won't like. Oh. Like like the murders, the murders mostly. Yeah, the murdering. Yeah. All the I feel murdering like I'm not gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't love it. But um, I guess while- you have to tell us about it. I gotta. I gotta. While that they like made the trailer with the wrong name, um, but I read that they originally had Black Christmas, then they changed it to Silent Night, Evil Night, or whatever because they're worried people would think it was a black exploitation film. Mm. Oh, because those were big in the seventies. Seventies, yeah. Um, and then it didn't like test well or something, so they changed it back to Black Christmas and Mm. did better. But Mm. yeah, because like Christians were mad. I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) It's also just a really weirdly clunky title to say. Have you seen Silent Night, Evil Night? (laughs) Yeah, Silent Night, Evil Night. I bet Christians were mad. Honestly, when are they not? I bet they were. Like, that was the beginning of, you know, stealing Christmas, the war on Christmas. This was the beginning of the war on Christmas <laughs> right here. You can't even say Silent Night, Evil Night anymore. My God. <laughs> okay. um, should we get into it? I will tell it. you if there's any ever anything interesting in the 2019 version worth uh, bringing you. up. Yes, chime in with any. I'm upset I didn't watch the 2006 version. That would have been. We very could have funny. recapped three different movies. <laughs> All right, let's do it. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. 
Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, so we start with like an exterior of a sorority house. It's Christmas time and it's all decorated with this tree and its lights and we've got a spooky POV. Like it's clear that this is someone watching the house. This is not just an establishing shot. This is a POV shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're kind of cutting in and out from inside the house to outside and inside, there's a party going on. Um, it's kind of like the last little holiday party before all the people that live there go home for the holidays. And so we're meeting some of our characters while we're seeing this POV kind of progressing towards the house, going around the back of the house and climbing up the, a lattice on the side of the house. And then we go back inside the house. There's We meet Barb. Um, she's kind of the, I don't know, bitchy girl of the house, but she's cool. She's wearing like a choker and a big oversized men's shirt. She looks cool. All the styles in this are cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and then cutting back to outside, the POV finds the attic window and climbs into the attic. Oh, no. Gross. There's like a, a cobweb covered rocking horse in there. No, no, nasty, nasty, <laughs> nasty shit. As Betsy would say, mm-hmm, nasty. nasty shit. Uh, back inside, we meet Jess, is our protagonist. This is Olivia Hussey. 
She's British. This takes place in Montreal, by the way. Mm. It's based mm. on the murders in Montreal. It takes place in Montreal. Um, and then at the party, the phone rings and uh, Jess answers. And <laughs> the way she answers, it's, it's Queen's English adjacent. She's like, hello? <laughs> like she says it's so weird. I immediately... Hello? 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 Like she's screaming it into the phone. Wait, does she not talk like that throughout the rest of the movie? Or I hadn't heard her really the, speak a, yet. And so it so was, that was just, just your a jarring first, first hello? line. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Wait, you know how people do have phone voices though? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like that's her phone voice. What if someone's phone voice was the Queen's English? <laughs> It'd be very funny. It might become mine. Uh, I'm. Uh, yeah. My interest. Oh, sorry. Is Hold peaked. on, guys. I I have to take a phone call. Yes. Who's yes. This? Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm so happy to hear to from you. To whom do you speak? To whom? To whom are you trying to speak? <laughs> um. But okay. So this phone call is uh, not good. It's they think it's a prank phone call. Someone is saying vulgar things. I think they called twice. So the first one just just hangs up and is like, oh, this person's saying gross things. And then he calls back. And let me tell you some of the things he says. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, I didn't really write them down, but I sent you guys screenshots because yeah, I was, I, I was, I, I was shocked. I was shocked. This is the opening scene of the movie that came out in 1974. It's rated PG-13 also. <laughs> Wait, no, the, no, it's rated R. Okay, okay. The, I was shocked when you said The one I watched was okay, rated that PG-13. Makes more sense. That makes uh-huh. more sense. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. what this caller says is, you nasty big cunt, you nasty big cunt. <laughs> uh, I, he like says, I want to stick my tongue in your pussy, you nasty pig cunt. And oh my God. <laughs> he says something what? like, um... I'm going to eat your pig cunt. I'm a tuna farm, baby. It's so crazy. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? It's so crazy. And so Jess is super freaked out. Barb is kind of rolling her eyes, thinking it's a, you know, it's a prank caller. He's just one of the guys from the fraternities or whatever. Just a really normal frat guy. <laughs> uh, also, wait, I do want to point out something I read in the trivia is uh-huh. that they didn't have any of that dialogue when they're actually filming it uh, they so like adr it in afterwards yeah so like the dialogue was completely different so when the actresses were listening to it mm. they're not like really reacting to that mm-hmm. same dialogue they're reacting to something completely different that was being said to them interesting they made it way more vulgar and intense afterwards yeah it's really vulgar and intense and so barb takes the phone and she's kind of fucking with the caller and being like oh yeah very funny ha ha and previously the voice is being like and then once she's talking to him it like stops and he he says i'm going to kill you and hangs up oh my god that's fucked up i don't like that one little bit it's really scary and barb is not too freaked out by it barb's getting pretty drunk i didn't totally catch she had a phone call with her family and i think she is not going home for the holidays so i think she has some kind of like family drama that's like her backstory why she's kind of drunk and she's kind of being mean to everyone there's another girl in the house named claire that's kind of the nice girl she doesn't drink or smoke or anything and barb is kind of poking fun at her um calling her goody two-shoes or whatever and and Claire says, you guys, like, this could be serious. Someone was raped in town, like, last month. And Barb says, you can't rape a townie, Claire. 
She says something. I don't what the fuck. I don't know. She says something really rude, and uh, it it upsets Claire, and Claire runs upstairs. Jess tries to follow her and be like, she didn't mean anything by it. And I'm like, don't go upstairs or whatever. Like, Just stay, join the party. She's like, no, it's okay. I'm tired, and I'm you know my dad's coming to get me tomorrow, so I'm going to go to bed anyways. She's like, okay, good night. Um, and so Claire goes into her room. She has a very big cat. Well, I think it's just a house cat because it's a sorority, right? And so the cat's name is Claude. It's so big and fluffy. <laughs> and There's a cat in the 2019 version, but its name is Claudette. So, oh, well, it's a slight twist there. <laughs> Even more feminist than this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the cat's a woman. <laughs> um, and we see a POV shot through a garment bag in the closet. The cat runs out of the room and there's some breathing in the closet that Claire notices. And she looks in the closet and says, Claude, is that you? And for so long, it feels like she's just slowly approaching this garment bag. And of course, eventually hands burst out grab her and wrap this plastic garment bag around her head you see her breathing it in and it's like being sucked into her mouth we see downstairs the party is still loud no one is hearing anything and uh the house mother comes home what do you call a sorority like the adult it's an older woman named mrs mack and mm-hmm. she comes home and she's kind of fun and funny and she's just been shopping and she's trying to be one of the girls. Mm-hmm. She has like bottles of alcohol hidden all over the house because I presume you're not supposed to allow alcohol in sororities if you're the one, the adult in charge or whatever. Although I guess, I don't know, whatever. So Mrs. Mack comes home and then we see um, a shot of the hallway that kind of pans up and you see the a- the attic door close close as if someone has closed it behind them Ugh. someone has just gone up the attic is like a little ladder up to the ceiling um the phone rings again Jess answers it like hello <laughs> he's in her phone voice and it's her boyfriend Peter and he's I feel like immediately an asshole. She's like, why didn't you come tonight? And he's like, it's like, you know, I, I've been awake for three days. I, I've been studying nonstop. Like, I don't, I, I'm so tired. Like, I can't, I wouldn't come. But you also kind of get in the sense that Jess doesn't really like him very much. And she says, we need to talk. Can we talk later? And he says, like, why can't we talk now? She's like, oh, we, can we talk face to face? So they make a little date to talk later. Jess goes to check on Claire to see if she's still upset, knocks on the door. There's no answer. And then it cuts. And so loud, like it was a big jump scare. Got me really good. It cuts to a close up of Claire's face with the plastic garment bag still on it. And she is up in the attic as well. (gasps) Oh my is god. Is she alive? Is she alive? She is dead. Oh, big time dead. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so he did not leave her there. She no. And I didn't actually catch it immediately, and so 
as the movie progresses and no one can find Claire, I was like, no one's looked in her room yet. Like she's in her room. <laughs> uh, uh-huh, <laughs> I didn't uh-huh. get it. But she's in the attic. That's why no one can find her. So the next day we see Claire's dad uh, waiting outside to mm. he's picking her up. He was supposed to pick her up to take her home mm. for the holidays. He she's late. She doesn't come. And so he talks to another one of the students on campus. And it's like, can you take me to this sorority? My daughter was supposed to meet me here. He goes to the sorority and um, Mrs. Mack is there and says, that's so strange. Her clothes are packed. She was ready to go. That's so bizarre. So nobody knows where she is. And then Jess goes to talk to Peter and tells him that she is pregnant and she is getting an abortion. Mm. Wow. 1974. I know. Mm. And he immediately is like, what? You didn't even you're not you're not even asking me. And she's like, I wasn't even no, gonna, bitch. She was like, I wasn't even going to tell you. And yeah, like, no, I'm not. I don't. I'm not ready to have a baby. I don't want to have a baby. And he's very much like, oh, and he says, like, how could you do this to me? You're so selfish. You know how important today is to me. And he get the feeling that he has some like important appointment later that he's now going to be all upset for, I guess she's ruining Wouldn't his it be day. Lovely to have the option of when you get to be given that news. Yeah. I know. Right. Um, and when your body doesn't just scream it at you and you have no other choice, but to deal with it both mentally and physically. Oh man. <laughs> so the, the conversation doesn't go well. She, go, she leaves and Peter says, you know, we need to talk later. Let's talk again tonight at nine. Like I've got my thing to do. And then we can talk later. And she says, there's nothing left to say, but fine. If you want to talk, we can talk at nine. She goes home. The phone rings again. Oh, no. And a voice says, Billy, Billy. <laughs> and it's actually different voices now. It's it's a woman's voice, a man's voice. And um, the man's voice says, what your mother and I need to know is where did you put the baby? And keeps screaming like Billy, Billy, and Agnes, and kind of she doesn't know. Jess is like, "Who is this? What are you? Why are you call? Why are you doing this?" And eventually, caller hangs up. Hmm. Then everyone's you know getting a little freaked out, and they decide to go to the police station to report Claire missing. Um, and it's it's Barb and Phil. Phil is another girl that lives in the house, another sorority sister. And Claire's dad um, go to the police station to report Claire missing. The cop, uh, his name is Nash. He's an asshole about it and is like, yeah, like, I'm sure she just went on a little weekend trip with her boyfriend. Nothing to worry about. He just kind of brushes it off and is not taking it seriously. They're getting very Mm -hmm. frustrated and just finds out that that the cops aren't taking it seriously. She goes to an ice rink where Claire's boyfriend is practicing ice hockey and goes to tell her, goes to tell him Claire's missing. And he's like, what? And she says, cops are not taking it seriously. And he's very angry and very upset. And uh, then we cut to, we see that the thing that Peter had to do is a piano recital in front of like a panel of, judges or something i don't know if it's like trying to 
he's trying to join a conservatory or something or he is in a conservatory and this is a test i don't know but it goes poorly it sounds very bad i mean i'm not a, i don't know much about piano but it sounded bad to me <laughs> and he seems not happy with his performance uh-oh who's gonna get blamed for that <laughs> i wonder yeah uh and then back at the police station we see a, 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 another woman now that we don't know crying and speaking to a different cop reporting her daughter missing and she's crying oh, and saying no. she didn't come home from school she's only 13 this is like mm. this is not like her and she is talking to uh, lieutenant fuller who is john saxon and he is taking it seriously and at that moment chris claire's boyfriend storms in in the most amazing fur coat it's it, it took my breath away. It's huge. Oh my god! It's a, the biggest fur coat I've ever seen, and he wears it like with floor such length? confidence. Floor length. <gasps> what? Oh my god! It's great. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, every time he was on screen, I was like, "That coat! Oh, oh my, my god!" He god, wears that it coat. continuously. Yeah, he wears it. Well, it's, it's winter, and and they're outside a lot, and it is cold. So you gotta wear your fur coat. Wear your I'm trying to visualize this. This coat. is amazing. Um, we'll try to find a pic. I'm sure there's something online. It's great. Um, and then we see back at the house, Barb is getting super drunk. Uh, Claire's dad and Mrs. Mac and Phil are sitting at the kitchen table and she's just kind of getting way too uh barb is getting way too drunk and saying things to make them uncomfortable she's saying did you know that turtles there's a kind of turtle that can have sex for three days straight she's like trying to get a rise out of claire's dad for some reason and just being very rude and weird and phil yells at her and she says, you're drunk, go to bed, you're embarrassing yourself. And Barb eventually blows up and is like, just say that you all think this is my fault. You think like Claire, something happened to Claire because I was mean to her. So we we find out that she's obviously feeling a little guilty, I think, and mm -hmm. doing some, some self-destructing because she feels bad that the last thing she said to Claire was shitty. Um, and so Phil tells her to go upstairs and go to bed, and she does. And she she she's very drunk, and so she goes to bed. And then Chris and and Jess find out that there is going to be a search party for the little girl, and I think for uh, Claire. So the Lieutenant Fuller has. I mean, set you're up already out on a search party. Yeah. you're gonna ignore one of the people if you find them. <laughs> So they're just gathering a lot of people and they're going to basically do a big sweep across the whole town. So Chris and Jess go and join that. And as or, or they come back to the house to grab Phil to also join them and uh, and maybe Miss Mac, they ask her and she says, no, I'm my I'm going to my sister's for the holiday. So I probably won't be here when you get back. Which I, when those words came you, out of her you mouth. You don't want to, you don't want to give him that. <laughs> I was no. not happy to hear that. And so then we see Mrs. Mack 
packing, her suitcase. She has little bottles of alcohol hidden all over this house. There's one in the toilet bowl. There's like the back of the toilet. There's one in her closet. They're just coming out of everywhere. But she sees Barb being like obviously drunk in front of her, right? It's It's like drinking is happening here. Yeah. Just take your alcohol out of the toilet. Maybe she doesn't want people to know that she's drinking. I don't know. but Probably. Or maybe they just thought it was a funny bit. And it is. (laughs) (laughs) But so the taxi's outside honking. She's like, I hear you. I'm coming. And then she hears Claude meowing. Mm. And we see that Claude is upstairs in the attic. Oh, no. And she kind of is following the meows, and she's like, where are you, Claude? And eventually gets to the f- bottom of, like, where the attic is, and she's like, what the hell? Like, are you up? How the hell did you get in the attic? Like, there's absolutely no way that this cat would have been able to get in the attic, obviously. But she's like, hmm, this is so weird that you found your way into the attic. And she starts climbing up the ladder to the attic. Uh, oh, no. And we see a man holding a hook on a kind of pulley oh, thing. Oh, gross. And his, he's gripping it so tight. And we j- he's in like a black turtleneck. And the way that he's lit always is really spooky. So he's completely in shadow except for his eyes most of the time. And so you just see like his eyes and his hands holding this hook kind of shaking. Ugh. And she pokes her head up. She says, Claude, Claude, where are you? Get down here. Come on. I got to go. And she's turning, looking 360 degrees around the attic. And she sees Claire sitting mm. in a rocking chair no! with that plastic bag over her head. And she doesn't scream, but she freezes and slowly turns to look behind her. No. And as she does, he drops that hook and it goes right into her face. Oh, my God. And we see from below her her being pulled up into the attic, like her feet just dangling as she is pulled into the attic. That's disgusting. I hate that. I also hate that we've had to see this plastic bag visual multiple times. Oh, we'll times. see it more and more, <laughs> a few times more. I do not appreciate that being reoccurring. I really no, don't you. like that he put her in a chair. Some I don't know why that's like worse to just, me. Just you wait. <laughs> oh my God. God damn it. So after this, we see this man in the attic have a huge tantrum of sorts. He's screaming crying moaning again there's like many voices that come from him oh okay and he's smashing so the phone things. call was him he was just doing multiple yes. voices on so, the phone. so <laughs> does kind of a child voice at times a woman's oh, voice at times a man's voice at times and he does kind of a little pig squeal at times ew creepy Ugh. is bad so he's having a little tantrum smashing things in the attic right after he has killed this woman miss miss max so yeah and as he's having his little tantrum we see uh, a little close-up on miss mac with the the hook in her face okay that's enough of that (laughs) then we go back to the search party doing their sweep and they find janice and she is dead and The the little girl is dead and the mother is obviously devastated but they obviously don't find claire just is this janice thing you think completely unrelated to this i think so yes 
Yeah, okay. But maybe not. Because you do see that he, this person climbs in and out of the attic sometimes, so maybe he left the house and went and killed this little girl too. But mm. I'm, not, I'm not positive. I don't know. And so then Jess goes home after the search party and that phone starts, starts ringing and she answers it. Hello? <laughs> and this is where I wrote down that he sounds like a baby pig and Aww. says, please stop me. Help me. Filthy Billy. I know what you did, Billy. Filthy, filthy Billy. <laughs> and starts like Ew. laughing. It's so fucking creepy. Ew, I'm so glad I didn't watch this version <laughs> of it. Yeah, damn. It's really scary. And she slams down the phone and picks it up. Have they told the police about this phone call? She picks it up and she calls the police right now. Okay. So she's dial okay. as she's dialing 911. Like, meanwhile, our friend disappeared and we're getting yeah. very terrifying phone calls. Right. right. And so she's as she's calling 911, we see some feet descending on the staircase. Mm -hmm. We can't see who it is, but just someone slowly walking down the stairs. And it's Peter. And she he scares her, kind of surprises her. And she realizes that she forgot that they were supposed to meet at nine or she was late or whatever because she went to the search party. And he says, yeah, I was just taking a nap upstairs like you were you were, it got cold waiting for you outside. So I thought I would just take a little nap upstairs. At this point, I'm, I'm pretty suspicious of Peter. I'll say that. Yeah, same. Mm. And uh, the, the cop answers and it's Nash again, the asshole that's not taking things very seriously. She says we're getting upsetting phone calls. And he says, have you tried calling the phone company? And it's like, no, monitor who calls you. <laughs> and he kind of, again, is just like, well, you know, I'll I'll put in a service order for you at the phone company, but they'll probably take a while to get back to you. He like doesn't give a shit and brushes her off. Ugh. So then Peter and Jess have the their the rest of their talk and he sits her down and he says, you know, I've thought a lot about it. And I'm gonna leave the conservatory, and we're gonna get married. And maybe he did such a shitty job. No, they're kicking you out. <laughs> yeah. You're bad at piano. We all uh -huh. know it. And uh -huh. oh, also by the way, when he fucked up his piano recital or whatever, he takes a lamp and smashes the piano. Very mature. In front of his judges Not in front or? of the judges. He like waits till they leave and then he just smashes a piano. Pianos are very expensive. Very and very expensive. yeah, hard, difficult to smash. Yeah. So we see that he has a violent a violence inside of him. Mm. Um so he sits her down and he says, Yeah, we're gonna get married and we're gonna have this baby. And she says you know, when we first started dating and you told me all the things that you wanted to do with your life and I told you all the things I wanted to do with my life, like, I still want to do those things. And he's like, well, we can still do those things. We'll be married and have a baby and you can do those things. And she's like, Peter, I don't want to marry you. Like, I don't want to have a baby with you and I don't want to marry you. And um, then we we cut to 
uh, the back to the police office, uh, police station, and Lieutenant Fuller finds out that Nash has kind of blown off these two pretty serious complaints because Claire's dad has come back again, I guess, to try to talk to someone else. His daughter's fucking missing. A little girl has died. Someone take this seriously. Lieutenant Fuller is like furious at Nash. Like, don't you think we should be taking this seriously? Like, considering all these circumstances, Nash is like, oh, yeah, I don't, I guess. Like, I guess we could. He's just an idiot. And Chris is there. (laughs) I just wrote in my notes again that that dang coat. I love this coat. (laughs) Every scene it's in, it steals the show. <laughs> I don't know what was happening in this scene. A coat was being worn flawlessly. And then there's a, a smash cut to ornaments being smashed on the tree. We see Peter having a tantrum. He's yelling, You selfish bitch. He says, You're not having an abortion. You better not abort this baby. She's getting freaked out and angry and she says peter i think you need to leave get out and he says you're not getting an abortion you're not getting an abortion she's like you need to get you need to get out and he says if you have abortion have an abortion you're gonna really regret it (gasps) that's a threat he says you're gonna be very sorry oh it's not good i did not like it well, she's definitely not making a good case to marry him. No. Like No, we know that we that Peter is sh- we shouldn't marry Peter. We no, shouldn't marry a Peter. Bad choice. We don't want to marry Peter. We don't want to marry Peter. Mm-hmm. Another thing he says is you tr- you're treating getting an abortion like having a wart removed. My goodness. Yeah. So Lieutenant Fuller comes to the sorority house to speak with Jess and tells her that they're going to tap the phone. And so hopefully the next time that the person calls, they'll be able to trace it. And he says, we're also going to station a car outside. um, So there will always be an officer close by if you need. Not as close as the dude in the attic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as Lieutenant Fuller walked in, Peter was storming out. And uh, Fuller kind of clocked him like, "Mm, this is weird. Um, and then we see that Peter doesn't leave. He just hides outside in the bushes. <laughs> so we're not feeling we're not feeling good about Peter. And I do wonder, is this a point at which you're like, oh, OK, so Peter's the murderer or where you're like, they're trying to make me think Peter's the murderer. Well, the second Peter called in the very first scene, I was like, it's Peter. For sure, it's Peter. And then I feel like the more they make it seem like Peter, the more I'm like, oh, it's not Peter. Mm. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And well, I. I'll we'll find out. We'll find out whether it is or is not. Um. Then back at the house, Phil comes home and she's crying, and she says, "I know Claire's dead. I just know it. I can feel it." And she's crying to Jess, and Jess is trying to comfort her, and she's like, "I'm sorry, Jess. Like I'm just so like tired and scared, and this is so crazy." And Jess says, "Why don't you just go to bed? Just go lay down, get some rest." And we cut to. Claire's body in that rocking chair in the attic. A nice little close up. And we see oh. that there she is holding a doll. So he has placed oh my a, God. He has placed yeah. a little doll in her arms and is rocking her, singing a nursery rhyme. Ew. Ew. Well, yeah, that does make it seem like it's Peter in a way. Ugh. With the abortion stuff. Mm-hmm. Gross. So now it's just 
Jess in the house. Well, I Barb Barb and Phil are both upstairs sleeping. Okay, Barb is upstairs too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we see this man climbing down from the attic. It's a, it's like a two or I guess a two-story house. Big, a sorority. 10 I think 10 girls live there. And we see him climbing down from the attic and opens the door to Barb's room. And we see that in Barb's room, she has a unicorn glass figurine with an unusually long horn. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's really disproportionate to the size of the, the horse part. It's just a huge, huge horn. <laughs> okay. And then we go downstairs. See, Jess is just kind of sitting by the fireplace. And then we hear Barb screaming. Jess runs upstairs to go check on her, opens the door. Barb is having like an asthma attack and she's completely freaking out. Jess grabs her inhaler, gives it to her. She uses her inhaler, kind of starts calming down and says, I had a dream that there was a man in in here. There was a man in my room. And... Wasn't a dream. I know. It wasn't a dream. We saw it. We saw it. He was. We saw it. But Jess comforts her, says, there's no one here. It's okay. You're okay. Go back to sleep. Um, and then she hears singing, and there's little carolers at the door going, you know, house to house, little kids. And so she opens the front door, and they're singing, and uh, the editing in this scene was really great. Then we see <laughs> the man returning to Barb's room, opening the door again, and... We see him grab that unicorn and Barb's eyes open. It's dark in her room and we hear him say, Agnes, Agnes, it's me, Billy. It's all right, Agnes. Pretty Agnes. Shh. Don't you tell them what we did, Agnes. Don't tell them what we did. And eventually Barb wakes up and we get a very scary shot of... This man completely shadowed in the darkness. Again, all you see is his eyes and his hands as he raises that unicorn figurine and stabs her in the chest. And this is intercut back and forth with the carolers. So it's like a shot of stabbing, a shot of a little kid's face singing. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's pretty fun, even though it's also very upsetting. But a well, a well edited scene just goes back uh, closes the door, goes back inside, and that phone rings. We're getting a sense that this phone rings every time someone dies, af- right after Ugh. someone dies. Mm-hmm. And the voice on the phone is now a, like a child's voice, and it says, No, Billy, no, no, Billy, please, Billy, no. And then back to a man's voice saying, What your mother and I must know. What your mother and I must know, Billy. Where is the baby, Billy? And then in kind of a woman's voice says, just like getting a wart removed. What the (gasps) fuck? And she says, oh, my God, and hangs up. And oh, also, they were trying to trace it. But as we know, to trace a call, you have to have them on for a, a, a certain amount of time. And so they were trying to trace it. She hangs up on him because she's freaked out because he said something that someone in the house just said. And um, Fuller, Lieutenant Fuller calls and says, that wasn't enough time. You need to try to keep him on the phone for longer so that we can trace trace him. 
But she's like, you heard that, right? You heard how this is not okay. Yeah. And he said, does he, he said, he says something like, does he, does the caller always use multiple voices like that? She says, yes, yes, it's, it's, he's done that before. Um, That is usually what it sounds. Yeah. I mean, Lieutenant Fuller is never like questioning her. He's very much on her side and believes her and wants to help. It's just Nash. That's like an asshole. Um, so she doesn't reveal that her boyfriend said a thing that yes, she keeps that mm-hmm. to herself and but she confides in Phil. She I think Phil comes downstairs to check because she heard commotion or whatever, and she says to Phil, um you, you know, the 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 scary call said something that Peter said to me, like, is this Peter? Peter wouldn't do something like this, right? Um, well, it's either Peter or it's someone who heard Peter just a moment ago. <laughs> either way, it's bad. And and then the phone rings again, and it's Peter, and he's crying, mm-hmm. and he says, "Help, help me! Like, please, please, uh, please, Jess, don't do this. Don't hurt the baby, Jess." And Ugh. and because the police station gets a notification or the phone rings Every on their end the too, rings. and so they're listening in lieutenant fuller is listening in and peter is just saying don't hurt the baby jess don't hurt the baby jess and she says peter there's no reason to get upset like we'll talk about this later i'll talk to you later hangs up lieutenant fuller calls back again and is like so what was that about and because a lot of the other calls have been about baby and where's the baby so he's like what what the hell is that what does he mean don't hurt the baby and she's embarrassed and she says, well, I'm pregnant and I'm going to get an abortion. And she's very uncomfortable. And Phil is down there and like two people at the police station are, are listening. It's just this very uncomfortable mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And Fuller says, OK, I was was Peter ever with you when you got any of the calls? And she says, yes. Actually, yes, he was here one time, like right after a call. He was here. It couldn't it couldn't have been him. She's like super relieved. She didn't put this together. And she says, like, oh, thank God. Like, it can't be Peter. Fuller is just not as convinced. And he's like, well, I'd like to interview Peter. Where can I find him? And she tells him, you know, where he lives. Then Phil is going back upstairs to go to bed. And she decides to go check on Barb. And she opens the door to Barb's room and we just hear Agnes and she's pulled in the room and the door closes. We don't see anything, No, but it's not good. (laughs) No. So now everyone is dead except for Jess. Yeah. Not good. And so Fuller goes over to, to, to where Peter lives. He's not there, but he sees that the piano is completely smashed. He's like, well, this is not good. And then back at the sorority, the phone rings and we hear some little pig squealing noises yelling, you bitch, no, Billy. And then a man's voice saying, you left, you left Agnes alone with Billy. Where's the baby? Where's the baby? You left Agnes with Billy. No, Billy. (laughs) Are you guys liking these impressions? Honestly, it's so good. I I think it. I think it would be better if you stood on your head for like 30 <laughs> true, seconds, true, though, true. and then try it again. Probably. 
during okay so during this phone call he goes on and on and on and so she leaves him on the phone she doesn't hang up on him and she just lets him yell and yell and yell and it's all very creepy but we see the the phone guy at the police office police station why just go police office it's not police it's office a, police <laughs> office station. yeah it's the office of police police officer's office and mm-hmm. uh we see him he's able to he's like oh my god he's here he's here he's he he, he traces it we see the radio in fuller's uh patrol car ring so he gets the call from back at the station that they have traced the call and he says great where is it coming from they say it's coming from 6 belmont street and he says no 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 it's going where's to- the call coming from <laughs> it's going to 6 belmont street and they're like no it's coming from and going to 6 belmont street imagine oh. okay horrifying but imagine being the people who have this information now the call is literally the call is coming from inside the house and it they take the time to call this guy be like no no hold up wait 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 (laughs) it's going to no just the the killer's in the house go to the fucking house yeah 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 get it done don't waste any time the craziest thing so the phone call is coming from and going to or just to be like this here's the address that it's coming from but, like, yeah, like no further oh it's actually coming from S- S- six belmont street like they like try to be cool with it like no <laughs> uh, so but fuller is at peter's is place the call is coming from inside the house well that's what because uh scream is the first time that i had seen that i mean i didn't i didn't watch a ton of horror movies growing up I, I'm only now really expanding my horror movie knowledge. And yeah, I didn't know. I mean, and I still don't know if this is the very first time it happened, but this is certainly the earliest year that uh, that I've seen it happen in a movie. And it's so fucking it's scary. very scary. So Fuller's at Peter's house. And so he's like, fuck, he radios that officer that's stationed outside of their house and is like calling. I can't remember that officer's name. We see that that officer is dead in his car with his throat slit. Yep. Oh, you know what? This is kind of a good bingo one. It's like the the officer stationed anywhere is going to die yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Like they're not long for Mm-mm. this world. Mm. And so then he radios the station. And this is uh, how stupid I am. I was like, why doesn't he just call... Jess and I was like oh because it's the 70s and <laughs> no cell it's phones a radio not a phone <laughs> it's a radio not a phone <laughs> and I too was like right he doesn't know her number he doesn't have it memorized what are you getting at no it's a radio it's, it's a, a radio, radio not a phone. he cannot call Jess so he radios the station and gets good old Nash and says Nash do exactly what I say if you fuck this up I'm gonna be so mad he's like no now our hopes are with Nash and he says you need to call Jess be really calm don't tell her that the call is coming from in the house just tell her to walk out like to to just walk out the front door and come to the station or whatever something like just like calmly get her out of the house Nash is like sure no problem (laughs) Oh, my oh, God. God. Fuck this up so hard. <laughs> no. So Nash calls Jess and says, hey, uh, Jess, so I I need you to just to just walk right out. Walk right out of that house. Walk out of the house. 
and we found where the where the killer is and so so le- so leave the house and she says okay well uh Jess and Barbara upstairs he's like well don't go don't go don't go get them and she's like well what do you mean and she's like I'm just going to go get them and he's like just the killer is in the house like the killer is in the house and <laughs> and she looks very scared obviously and he I don't know, I guess senses that she's going to try to save her friends. He's like, don't do it, Jess. Just walk out that front door. Walk out that front door. She hangs up the phone. She looks up the stairs. She's at like the foot of the stairs. She's screaming at Phil and Barb like, Phil, Barb, please come downstairs. Please come downstairs. They're not answering. Uh. And so she grabs a, a fire poker. Oh, no. Jess. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. And slowly walks up those stairs. No, 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 no. I hate Here's that. the question. What, like, what would you do, right? You know, what okay, you so do? it's so easy watch. I was thinking about this because I was like watching a movie. It's so easy to be like, no, just fucking leave, walk out the front door. But mm-hmm. then I was like, mm-hmm. but what if it was you guys? Like, Yeah, and I thought you were alive and it's like, yeah. do I leave them to their death <laughs> or do I try to get them out? I think what you have to do, and again, I would never think of this in the moment, is I'd be like, whoa, oh my gosh, uh, look what's out the front door. <laughs> guys, you gotta see this. The carolers are back. They want to see you. You gotta come. And just like open the door, grab a fire poker, stand by the open front door and go, guys, mm, smart. come Emily. This is why you're um, going to be a final girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emily is for sure a final to, girl. That's true. Happen. We're all going to die and you'll be left alive I'm to, definitely uh, to gonna, mourn I'm us gonna be forever. The first one to die. But it is like, yeah, if you know, that's true. I guess that's why he was like, don't tell her. Just tell her she needs to go to the state, you know, because yeah. then, because yeah. otherwise, you know, the rest you do She's going to have to live with the knowledge for the rest of her life that she let her friends die. Yeah, you can't make her make that choice because then she's taking death. a fire poker up the stairs, which... Unfortunately for her, she doesn't know they're already I was going to say, because as a viewer, we know they're already dead. So it's easy to be yeah, like, right. there's so no like, point do that. to going yeah. upstairs. But she doesn't know. She doesn't know. And also, as a, think about this for a second, because movies never do this. But as a viewer, what if you did, what if they were still alive? And what if, like, we knew they were still alive? True. We didn't see what happened to right, Phil. Right. We would be like, like, you got to get him. Yeah, right? Wouldn't you kind of be like... You're an asshole for just <laughs> yeah. leaving. Yeah. It's easy to be an asshole as an audience member because it's like, it's not right. happening to me. Yeah. This is what they should do. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. Okay. She's going up the stairs. Oh, Jess. Oh, Jess. Also, you guys, I just want a flag that we were supposed to make multiple 69 jokes throughout this episode. Okay. And we failed so we, miserably. Well, we're not done yet. So just like, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for any of those uh, 69 opportunities. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we are, time is running out um, for 69 <laughs> okay, jokes. Okay, okay. okay, so she she's climbing up How this. How do you make a joke about 69ing? Like? <laughs> I don't know. You can't. So, well, you can't. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to find a way. We're gonna have to find mm-hmm. a way. So she she's with her fire poker climbing up the stair staircase. Goes to Barb's door. It's like Barb opens it. What sixty nine? <laughs> opens it slowly. Barb, I'm horny. One is sixty nine. And Barb and Phil are sixty nine. Yes. <laughs> there it is. No, Barb and Phil are both dead. They're dead. Yeah, they're dead. In that room? In that, they're both in that room. And, and where are their faces in respect to each other's <laughs> Their faces are, are pretty close to each other's faces. 
Okay. Oh, more of an 11 okay. position than a 16. More of an 11. They're doing an 11. <laughs> Damn, this movie would have been a perfect for our 11th episode. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, and Jess is in shock in the in the door frame looking at them. They're both kind they're both bloodied in a chair and uh we hear Agnes. It's no! it's me, Billy. Agnes, it's no. okay, it's me, Billy. And she turns and looks, and through the little gap in the door, open door frame, you see his eye, and it is so scary. It's his eyes almost, Ooh. his pupils almost red. Like it's a very scary Ew. eye. Uh. And she slams the door closed, and I think slams it on his hand or something. He starts screaming. She runs downstairs. Uh, she's so good at holding on to her fire poker, too. Like, I feel like usually in these mm. moments, the, they you drop, drop the weapon, the weapon drop and you it. just run. And she, I was like keeping an eye and I was like, damn, yeah, she's holding that fire poker. Good for her. She runs downstairs. Mm-hmm. When she gets to the foot of the stairs, he grabs her by the hair, <gasps> pulls oh. her. She smacks her head on the staircase. And I think oh. is like bleeding from her head. And... Uh, so she can't make it to the front door, I guess, because he's right there. And so she goes to the 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 basement and closes the the door to the basement on him. He is pounding on the basement door, screaming, making little pig squeal noises. Ew. She's holding that basement door closed, and eventually he goes completely silent. And we hear foot footsteps walking. Even away. worse, so much worse. And oh God! Oh she God! She has to go down into the basement. Why? Because there are entrances to the basement from the. It's like, you know, kind of in like a tornado shelter or whatever. Like there's doors to the basement <gasps> and other parts up. of the house, so he could get back into the house from. He could mm-hmm. get into the basement with her, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she. Oh. I think she's thinking. Okay, I'm vis- She closed herself in the basement. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yes. She yeah. closed herself yeah, yeah, in yeah. the basement, and I think she's thinking she can either get out through a door in the basement, or, or he that he's going to get in. So she has to go oh, down God. further into the basement. I mean, I'll say this too. Again, we're going to find out who the killer is. I think eventually, but he seems to be a man who knows the layout of the this house. house. Mm. Yeah, knows the house. Good point. And so she goes down and the basement has uh, windows, you know, kind of like, what do you call it? a garden apartment? Storm windows. Garden, garden, garden apartment. And so the windows are kind of up high on the basement and you just see mm-hmm. a man's silhouette kind of circling the windows, walking and then leaning down and putting his hands <laughs> up on the window like he's trying to look in. It's all very clouded dirty windows so he can't see in. so she can't see who it is either she can't see who it is but it looks like peter it, they've got the same haircut peter mm. has kind of a, a bob <laughs> okay mm. and okay. but to be fair we have well yeah we've seen the killer and it kind of looks like the killer has a little bob and so she's walking down she's holding her fire poker for dear life and she goes to the door and then the figure pops at the door too. He's there, and puts his face against the glass, and it's Peter. And he says, "Jess, Jess, mm. are you in there? Are you okay? Jess, it's me, Peter. Mm. Open the open the door, Jess. Are you okay?" Good tactic for the killer, but 
And then we we cut to seeing Fuller driving over as fast as he can. He's racing to get there. And well, because it's also like, I mean, maybe he's not. But if he's not the killer, how on earth does he know to come over to his girlfriend's house and she's hiding in the basement? Mm -hmm. Like, sir, what? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Suspicious. Very suspicious. So Fuller gets there, jumps out of his car, and you just hear Jess screaming. And he he bursts in, r- figures out she's in the basement, runs down there, and her and Peter are both unconscious and bloodied. And w- we learn that I think she killed him. I think he attacked her and she killed him. They're kind of, okay. We don't really get an explanation, but they he is dead. Peter is dead, and okay, she um they bring her upstairs, and I think they sedate her because she's had a, a tough day. <laughs> and yeah. they put her to bed. All the cops are there. It's a crime scene now. They're like, we got him. We got the guy. Um, Fuller is like, how long until Jess wakes up so that I can interview her about what happened? Get some clarity on the situation. And they say, well, she'll probably be out for an, at least another four hours. And I think this is like in the middle of the night now. So they're all kind of, well, we'll we'll leave. We'll leave a, just a cop stationed outside. And that did not work before. And we'll come back in the morning. Oh, no. All the cops leave. And then we no. just see the camera on Jess asleep in her bed. The, now the only person in the house. And wait, so they left her in the house alone. Yes. Okay, for a second I thought they brought her to the hospital, but no. No, they just, just kind house. of set up in her house, I guess, for some reason. And the camera pans to each empty ro- each of the empty, I think, ten bedrooms. And something about just seeing a dark bedroom is very scary. Yeah, that is scary. And especially a bed, you're just like, someone's under that bed. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Every bed mm-hmm. looked like so. I just was like, someone's under that bed. And um, all the bedrooms are empty, and then we're moving closer to that attic. We pass by some curtains, and we start hearing some giggling. <laughs> no. And then we hear singing of that old familiar nursery rhyme from earlier. And we go up the little ladder to the attic, and we see... Uh, the 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 man just still there kind of giggling with with Claire's body still and Ew. then the camera pulls out from Claire's face wrapped in plastic out through the attic window and just kind of pulls further and further away just till we can see the whole house and then the phone rings and Jess is asleep, the cop is outside, and so the phone just rings and rings, and credits roll over a shot of the house with the phone just ringing. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That is fucked up. Well, so we know it wasn't Peter. It was not Peter. Okay, wow. Okay, so I... I like that it's like, it that make it seem like it's Peter, but, but then again, I'm like... Why was he at the basement? Yeah. 
Sure. It's like it's like I they mean, went a little too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, yeah. that is the worst police force in. It's not the worst. Cops are bad, but <laughs> but like they don't know for sure that Peter. She's sedated. They don't fucking. They weren't there. Yeah, you're they don't leaving know. her in the house. What the fuck? And they don't is even know that. You? They don't even really know unless she admitted it, I guess, if she killed him or not. Yeah, like, like could have been the killer that killed him. Wh- right. You what? You uh, They're like they're so wanting to just go home. Like all of them are so badly like it's slate. Christmas. Yeah, like, like I usually want that overtime. Like, it's what our fucking yeah. city budgets pay for. That's oh a good God. point. Um <gasps> not when they actually have to work though. <laughs> They want overtime where they can just hang no. out. What is also um, like this woman just experienced unbelievable trauma. She's going to be asleep for four hours and wake up alone again in the house where her she was almost murdered. All her her friends boyfriend died. was murdered. Her friends died. She's going to wake up alone in that house in four hours. Are you fucking kidding me? It's a bad idea. Also, it's a it's a crime scene. It's a full on crime scene. You, you can't will, just like leave vacate her there. the crime scene. It's like filled with evidence. You like can't do that. I mean, I guess maybe it was different in the 70s, but I've learned a thing from CSI. And uh, I got to tell you, you got to leave that crime scene immaculate. Wow. That that movie sounds very scary. It really sounded really. It was so much scarier than the version I watched. The version I watched yeah, was so Yeah, will you tell so me some of, the, some of the yeah, main what differences? what happens in the other one? It was so different. Um, it was like. Is it a slasher as well? It's technically a slasher, but you basically almost so so it's about a sorority house. Like it opens on a fraternity doing some like spooky fraternity stuff, you know, <laughs> some, some kind of like cult fraternity. classic yeah. spooky fraternity <laughs> stuff. And and it takes place at a fancy college that I think is supposed to be like Harvard mm. or something. Um and it follows this one uh main character who is a I think she's a senior. Um the thing that I liked about it was that the the relationships between the girls were actually like pretty genuine, and I thought the convert like the dialogue was pretty realistic. And for what the movie was, which was like a pretty bad movie, um, the I did enjoy the relationship dynamics between the the women in the house. But yeah, they're in a sorority, and she is um, she was assaulted by someone um, that everyone kind of knows this assault happened Mm. and by a member of the, like their like partner fraternity or whatever. Mm. And it's like constantly referenced that he's coming back and they're like, you just need to like confront him or not, or just like get like, it's like he, this is in the past. Like you're stronger now, like blah, blah, blah. But basically it's, no one believed her that he assaulted mm. her. Mm. And then they start getting creepy phone calls. And um, there's like a creepy professor who is like pissed that there's a petition going around to get him fired because he's like doesn't teach. He only teaches white male authors and doesn't teach um, any like diversity or women. And he's head of the fraternity. Um and they're all on Christmas break. Everyone's going home. And um, basically, they start, like, getting mysteriously murdered. Does it end up being and just a non, not any of the characters? It in ends up being so crazy, you guys. 
It's yeah, tell us so the end. Funny. Tell us the end. Yeah, who's the so killer? The end. The end is it's um the creepy professor has harnessed the power of the founder of the college. Oh my god! And put it put it into the bust of like a statue of him, and the statue is then able to like hypnotize the members of the fraternity into murdering any women who like go outside of <laughs> the bounds of their power. <laughs> and so women are like when women are like you know like basically when women are fighting the patriarchy they need to be like reined in and controlled and so they're they all they right, hypnotize That's too all much. the fraternity members it's so crazy but there's also a police there's the most infuriating part of the movie is that she goes to the local like campus security to to tell them like my friends are missing and i'm getting these really scary messages and the security guard is like such yeah. an asshole to yeah. her and it's and so hey, infuriating that happens in real life all the time all the time yeah it really made me like pissed off it made me feel like so angry um because that part was also pretty realistic, yeah. where he was like, you could see yeah, someone feels actually like that acting real that way. Horror is enough, and you don't need to add in a supernaturally animated um, <laughs> bust hypnotizing of a bust university uh, founder. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was that movie. It was not. It was. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like it just, it wasn't scary. This at version all, was quite really. scary and a pretty bad one to then be alone in a big house. <laughs> I was just mm. like, this is. A I was really one for that, Sammy. Really hoping that the killer died in the end, but nope, just in the attic. I literally have not looked at the ceilings of this house. I won't look at the ceilings. I don't want to know if don't there's look an at attic. Them. <laughs> no, don't, there's don't no look, point yeah, in knowing. Don't, don't look. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I hear that there are no attics in oh, the Pacific Northwest. None. Oh, thank. God. Or basements. Or basements. Phew. Or killers. <laughs> That's a few. Or killers, right. That too. That is a big old few. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, Henley, wow. I'm sorry you watched the bad version of this movie. <laughs> I'm relieved I watched the bad version, honestly. Were you but confused I'm sorry that, that I, I said that I liked own. it and it was really scary? <laughs> I, I, I was confused that you said that you were surprised that it was PG-13 because they said pig cunt a bunch of times. And I was like... Must have missed the pig cunt part. I was like, I think they missed the pig cunt part because I don't think they said that. It's memorable. And I was like, I was like, did I watch like an edited version of this movie? And then I Googled it and was like, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Well... Anyone well, home alone for the holidays? I am too, uh, and we'll 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 be in this together, and we'll make it through. Oof! Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need a little a palate cleanser, watch a uh, last year's last year's holiday pick, Krampus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, a real cheery festive holiday tale. Got some goat hooves. Um, Tony Kless. Oh. So cute. Don't remind me. Guys, what if I got a tattoo of goat hooves? Just hooves. <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. Well, happy Henley's birthday to all happy our listeners out there. We hope you celebrate Henley's birthday safely. Have yourself a merry little Henley's birthday. We hope you're all safe and healthy and doing what you got to do for your mental health. The holidays are hard in any any year mm-hmm. for some people. Yeah. This is a very mm-hmm. hard year. 
So just know yes. that we love you guys and we're going to get through this. We're going to get through next, this. Next Christmas is going to be much, much more festive. Yeah, I hope so. Henley will be 32. I'll be 32. So. Oh. So close to 40. So close. Hardly. So close. <laughs> um, and okay, I think for voice, we got two options. We've got obviously the phone call, creepy Agnes, Billy, Billy, or we could do Queen's English. Queen's English. Hello? <laughs> Let's do From Queen's. all of us Hello. here. Oh, I think we've done this before, but. We have, but we're going to do it again. We, you know it's our favorite. You do guys it know it's our favorite. Mm-hmm. For, from 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 all of us here at Too Scary Did It Watch. Will you guys each do a, to yeah from from all, from I can't do this from all of us here here yeah that was good at Too yeah. Scary Didn't 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 Watch <laughs> Didn't Watch Didn't hmm. Watch Good Goodbye Henley nope, your turn bad. I can't I can't okay I can't even I can't even <laughs> I have to like get into all. it like Philip. <laughs> Philip, we're Philip. all family Goodbye. here. From all, of, from all of us here, a too scary didn't you watch. You could do Diana. That was a good. It was a good watch. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to our 69th episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show. Uh, you can support us by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. You can rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at TSDW Podcast. And you can also join our Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. Starting in January, we will be releasing two bonus episodes a month for the members of Tony fucking Colette's inner circle. And next week's episode will be the invitation if you want to watch before then. So until next week, hope you all have a wonderful Henley's birthday. Love you. <laughs>